Welcome to Oh My Yod, a competition podcast where we compete to see who is the worst decision maker by reading make your own decision style books. My name's Ryan. And I'm Adam, his loving boyfriend. His loving boyfriend. (laughs) My loving boyfriend. Yes. Uh, Ryan, that was a really good introduction you just did just now. It's almost as if we crafted that in a car ride about 15 minutes ago. And it's almost like you forgot to write it down in the notes, so I just did it (laughs) off the cuff again. You know, it was was pretty spot on, honestly. Uh, So, yes, this is a, oh my god, second, oh my god, second episode second episode we're actually like doing this we are it's pretty impressive yeah it wasn't just a one-off thing yeah it's a two-off it's a two-off thing (laughs) we'll see if we can add uh even more um this is something that i've always wanted to do uh do a podcast because as a um as a white male uh it is my duty to voice my opinions in the form of a podcast for other people to hear this is the second time we've (laughs) entered this and you brought up your race and (laughs) that this is a privilege for you to be able to do a podcast i mean it's a through line so far (laughs) haven't you heard the whole like stereotype that's like oh if like three like white dudes are gonna get together they're gonna make a podcast together Where's the third one? Uh, that's when our guests come in oh. eventually. Speaking of, we have no one. We don't have. We don't today. have a guest yet. <laughs> this is still a fledgling podcast. No one knows that this exists yet, except our moms. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty uh, much. My mom actually did listen to the first episode and said that she was hooked already from the start. But that can also be because my mom is like my biggest cheerleader, and she will literally just listen to my voice over and over and over again fun fact i actually was in a production of next to normal last year and i have an audio recording of the entire show from a uh phone from backstage to this day she listens to that every single day at work yeah um (laughs) you told me that once before and yeah uh, then i I told them i know i know but i was just I didn't want it to seem disingenuine, like we're like <laughs> pretending like we've never heard these details about each other's lives before. Um, but I've listened to that recording as well. And when he said that, I thought it, when he said that his mom would listen to this recording, I thought it was like an actual recording. It is like not the greatest quality audio like bootleg like in the back of someone's mm-hmm. trunk just like phone out while people are giving directions to the location that they're going to if in the there, background if there was a visual to it there would be a thumb covering half of the screen like that is the visual <laughs> equivalent of what this audio is next to normal brought to you from the bottom of a pool <laughs> <laughs> but my mom eats it up like catnip for some reason So, Ryan, I have to ask you, uh, since this is a make-your-own-decisions kind of podcast, I kind of wanted to just open this episode up by asking, what kind of decisions have you made lately? That 
you told me that we were going to do this segment, and I proceeded to put absolutely zero stock or thought into that question. Perfect. Um, so, uh, decisions that I've made recently, um, I have decided to um, continue... Uh, I I don't know what decisions have I made. I I guess I have decided to not come up with a reasonable answer to this. In a you decided to time. not come prepared to this podcast. <laughs> exactly, <session>. exactly. <laughs> um, I have decided to. Um, I feel like I should have decided something. You probably should have. <laughs> Like just like anything in my life. Anything. Like, you decided to, I don't know, have breakfast this morning. I decided that I was going to go to work today. I decided that I was going to listen to Paramore on the way to work this morning. Literally anything. Okay. I decided to... Everyone listens in with hushed silence. See, you know... It's just, it's too general of a question. I decide to do so many things every single day. Okay, I'm going to... Big choice. Pretend like we. I'm doing the wheel from the other episode where I just wiggle my finger in I'll the air. I'll give you my palm for you to And I'm going slide. to land on... Um, I, <laughs> What'd you land on? I, I decided to get a pizza today. <laughs> There you go. You decided to get a pizza today. I decided to get a pizza today. You did. Um, I did not partake in said pizza, even though you did offer some to me. But it looked fucking scrumptious. Yeah. The the there there was a good part and a bad part about the decision to get this pizza. That's a good because through line. Um, the the good decision made there is it was a really good pizza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good. It was a. Uh, mango uh, pulled pork pizza from Otto's Pizza of Portland. Oh, um, so good. Not sponsored. Um, and the the bad decision, which was also a good decision, is it's normally a white pizza, but I decided to get it with a red sauce. The good decision is it made it so much better. The yeah. bad decision is I have chronic heartburn all the time, and I just ate your bunch your, of tomato. Your body's just kind of awful in general. Thank you. Like, Loving no, boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the inside of your body. Because, yeah. uh, everyone, Ryan is gluten-free, dairy-free, uh, shellfish-free, and also just doesn't really do good with any kind of acidity in his food. Yeah, I sometimes I get heartburn from water. What? It's not even a. It's not an exaggeration. Like sometimes, just no matter what I digest, that's I'm not like, just you putting on airs for the pod, really. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> true. Fuck. And I used to work at a Renaissance fair, uh-huh. and something that I want to do still to this day is when we were in character at the Renaissance fair, we would say, "Oh, what the hell was it?" Okay, so one of them was forsooth, uh, and if you said forsooth for to someone um it was like it was like a, a code for the actors okay so when we're improvising on the tr- the streets and you're like uh oh my god i need to go to the bathroom so badly but oh you know in, in oh my god but you say <laughs> it in elizabeth elizabethan 
Um, not, oh my god, I'm gonna shit my pants on the street. Oh my god, I'm gonna shit myself. If you say, forsooth, I am going to shit my pantaloons right now, it means... I am actually going to shit my pants right now. Got it. It's like, like I need to go to the bathroom. It's like dead ass or like full cap. Right, but for if our you younger say, listeners, um, if you say, I think it was in truth. If you say in truth, I need to shit my pants right now. It means I don't actually need to shit my pants right now. I'm just doing it for the bit. Got it. Got it. So, it was so like, forsooth, you get heartburn when you drink water. Forsooth. <laughs> forsooth. <laughs> And it's a shame that this doesn't exist in my everyday life because the amount of times I look at someone and I want to say forsooth and it it just bitch, does not mean anything. Bitch, it could now. It look can at me. now. Yeah. I know, but I had to go through that whole explanation. Could you imagine if I had to do that every time that I wanted to say forsooth <laughs> and then proceed to never use it again in a conversation with that human because I don't remember who I disclosed that information to? Oh, God. Now you ask me. Oh, uh, Adam. Yeah. I'm sure you've had a lot of time to think about this, and you probably conceived this idea from a decision that you actually made. Yep. So, Adam, what decision did you make today? Well, because I'm a professional, and I think things through before I, you know, come to a big meeting of the minds. Mm. Like, I just formulated that sentence in my head. What I... The big decision that I made today was I decided to help out a complete stranger. So, I was getting gas uh, this morning on my way to drive over to your place. And as I was pulling around, I was emptying my car full of trash. I had, like, 17 water bottles because I can't finish anything for shit. So, there's, like... Half, eat, half, half eaten, half drunken um, water bottles all over my car. And as I'm shoving them in, I hear, hey, 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 I'm like, is, this per- is there someone having a stroke right next to me? And then I turn and then there's this elderly man who is wearing like a uh, veteran's cap and is um, kind of shaking his hand towards me a little bit and he was saying um, I, I need to know what a veteran's cap is so it's like, like is it just a cap that says veteran no it's like one of those like navy blue sh- um, hats that has like the American flag on it that looks like really faded and I saw US something like a beret no like a cap like a like a hat like a baseball cap but like it had the like like stars and, and stars and stripes and Americana. I just whenever I see an old um, an elderly man because you don't see elderly women usually doing this when you see an elderly man wearing a hat that has an American flag on it I'm assuming war veteran that's a fair assumption right that's fair that's fair yeah. anyway or they um, founded it the Salvation Army anyway I'm continuing with the story <laughs> He, oh, that wasn't it? N- no. No, he um uh, approached me and he was like, I can't get the gas cap off of my car. I can't get the door open. And he has his door open. He's like, can you just kind of look in there and see how I can open uh, the case? And my first thought is like, this man is going to murder me. That I'm just picturing stuck porn. What? <laughs> you know, like the like porn where like someone gets stuck like in a window and they're like no oh no step bro what are you doing or they get stuck in a dryer so this man was 77 so he definitely wasn't a step brother (laughs) um and also 
I guess I was feeling extra safe because it was in a gas station in the light where there were four other cars on either side of me. So I was deciding to be brave. And I, a uh, listener, literally got into this man's um, driver's seat and was just like fumbling around trying to find the um, the latch to open up the gas door. And he's pulling out this archaic book that it just has all these tabs <laughs> on it. <laughs> It's it's like an instruction manual for the car, and he's like, like looking like it up. Spells? No, <laughs> no, it just looked old, and it had all these tabs in it. Like he was getting tested on it for some reason on how to use his car, and he was saying, "Oh, I think this button works." And meanwhile, he's pressing like the lock button on his car. I was like, "Oh, this poor innocent soul." So I naturally, being a millennial, pulled up my phone and looked up instantly his car make and model, and watched a YouTube video on how to open his. Uh, uh, gas door because every car is different my old car all you had to do was literally press in and press out and the door opened um the one that i have in my car right now there's a latch uh right by the door like on the um on the floor of the car where you pull this guy's was very hidden um underneath his uh steering wheel and you had to like really reach in and pull it um, audio medium, I am using two fingers, I'm using the two finger method to pull a latch um, back and the door opened. And the man was very appreciative and he gave me $5 for my troubles. I have two thoughts. Uh-huh. One, I don't know if you know this, but you are actually the villain of this story. <laughs> Why? Because this old man clearly does not know how to operate this vehicle, and you allowed him to put fuel in it so that he can continue further. He did, that... say, he did say that this car, he's not used to driving this one as often. I believe he said this was his backup car, so privilege. Yeah, that's because it. he hasn't driven a car since he escaped from the home. He's been in there for seven years. Of course he's unaccustomed to it. Is that ableist of us to say that? No, that would be ageist. Ageist? <laughs> it could be ableist if you're saying he was in a home. Yeah. I, why not both? Okay, and, and, and two? You know, I always forget the second one when I say that I have two things to say. Are you saying that I shouldn't have accepted $5 from him? Oh, no. No, that's not it at all. Accept every money that anyone ever offers you for free. Um, I mean, it wasn't for free. I was do I was give, I, I, it took up like five minutes of my time. So you could say I was charging a dollar a minute. That's true. <laughs> um, no, what I was going to say is that it seems like you created this segment so that you could brag about brag about helping it help. Oh, no, my I, I literally hate speaking. <laughs> and it's all I do all day. Um, <laughs> I uh, sidebar. I am from Boston. But somehow, I ended up with this weird, like, Dakotan accent from nowhere. Like, I had no one in my life, or had no one in my life, that lived in that region until I went to college. So, I have a hard time saying words that um, have A and G <laughs> right next to each other. Like, bagel. Like, well, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to say it correctly, but you'll you'll hear, hear it as this podcast goes on with... Bagel, Bag. Las Vegas. You just said I bagel. <laughs> she was trying not. And to. Las Vegas. Lars, Lars, Lars Vegas. 
Oh no. And it's so funny that you have this like Dakotan accent because your family, your mom, your dad, and your sister are literally the SNL parodies of a Bostonian. <laughs> yeah. Like it's... your sister sounds like she grew up literally like on the Boston Tea Party. And for some reason, something that's happened to me recently is I think I say about like a Canadian. About? I, I, you've clocked me on it a few times now. I have, and I'll probably clock you on it again. Speaking of clock, actually, Oh, that's such a great sidebar, but I didn't finish my original point. Okay, fuck. Well, okay. So, but, so we'll, we'll segue. Um, we'll segue. We'll, we'll save that. We'll save that. We'll put it on ice. Put it on ice. <laughs> I learned that phrase today. My, my initial point was, I feel like you created the segment so that uh, you could brag about, like, uh, doing something amazing while I proceed to just sound like a soft body piece of shit. <laughs> In all honesty, I created this segment because once I finished uh, doing this task for this man, I was like, I made a decision to do that today when I would have initially just waved him off. Decision. Choice. Make your own decision. Clocks. Clocks. <laughs> Does that still work? No. <laughs> so, um, this might be an ongoing thing. Who knows? Um, it might not. But anyway, um, Ryan, tell us a little bit about how this podcast is going to work. Sure. So, each week... I'm going to take over. No! Each week we switch off who will be reading the story and who will be making the decisions. This week it will actually be me making the decisions and Ryan reading most of the story. We're going to keep a cumulative tally over the course of the podcast to see once and for all who is the worst decision maker. And on top of that, if the decision maker is able to successfully complete a book with three or less mistakes, they will win a prize. If they have six or more mistakes, they will incur a penalty. And just to give a little recap, uh, Ryan just pulled a perfect game on uh, the first book that we did and literally did Escape from the Carnival of Horrors with no mistakes whatsoever. And I am fucking terrified to do this book. I, I am also terrified to do this book because I've stumbled on my words for about 60% of this podcast already and now I have to narrate this book. <laughs> so strap in, everyone. Strap in, everyone, because the book we are doing today is R.L. Stein's Give Yourself Goosebumps number two, TikTok, You're Dead. Uh, choosing from over 20 different scary endings. Ryan, describe to me what you're seeing on the cover here because this is this is an acid trip if I ever saw one. Um, it's actually pretty... Um... It's not very acid trippy to me, only because... Look at the kid! I Okay, so g generally, this is the face of a clock, um, and it's a very large clock, and it... Grandfather clock. A grandfather clock, and it is 12.15 on this clock, <laughs> and the there is a kid hanging off of the minute arm, um, while the face of the clock looks like a horror version of the Wizard of Oz. My question is, what child is dressing the way this kid is dressing? He is in blue jeans and a button-up blue shirt. Like, this man looks like he is ready for his first day of work at Walmart. I was gonna say that he's like a mechanic's apprentice. Okay, I think yours is better. <laughs> and he's giving Guy Fieri with his hair. 
I think that's only because he's falling. He's falling from the clock. Regardless, this is what Tim Jacobs decided to draw on the cover. Uh, so, Brian, read uh, for us the back synopsis of the book. So the back says, "Get trapped in time." B O R I N G. That's how you describe your family vacation in New York City. Instead of visiting all the cool spots like Rockefeller Center and the Statue of Liberty. And the Twin Towers. No, that... When was this book made? 1995. Sure, you can visit <laughs> the Twin Towers if you want to. Your parents drag you to a bunch of stupid museums. Then, at the Museum of Natural History, something really strange happens. You accidentally get involved in a strange experiment that sends you traveling through time. Will you duel with knights at a medieval castle? Come face to face with man-eating dinosaurs? Or take a ride through outer space? Mm. The choice is yours in this scary Goosebumps adventure that's packed with over 20 super spooky endings. And I'm probably going to encounter at least seven of them. <laughs> that is the goal. That, that is the goal that for is, me. That's the goal for you because this is a competition indeed. Oh my god. Okay. I'm like nervous. I wasn't nervous the last time because I was just, you know, a passenger in this vehicle and now I'm in the driver's seat. And I've told you once and I'll tell you again, nothing gives me more anxiety than having to make a decision. <laughs> and I will also say, readers, readers, listeners, I've read almost all of these when I was a kid, and I've listened to other podcasts of people reading these books, like, even recently. I'm pretty sure I listened to a podcast of um, Turn the Page, literally reading this book maybe three weeks ago, and that's going to do jack shit for me. If anything, that's just going to make me second-guess every decision I make. So let's hop right on in with the first page, Ryan. Well, I hate to give you more anxiety, but... In this book, you are going to be playing the brother of an entire breakfast chain. So, Excuse me? Um, the book starts, your little brother... <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The book starts, your little brother Denny runs off by himself in the huge Museum of Natural History building. You try to find him, but instead you discover the laboratory of the strange Dr. Pebbles... <laughs> That's not his name. That's his name. Peebles? Is it Peebles? Wait, how many E's Wait, is it? There's three. There's, there's, no, there's not three. There's two E's. That's Peebles. That's Peebles. <laughs> Dr. Peebles. The most and intimidating. Mr. Bam Bam. <laughs> the most intimidating name I've ever heard a villain. Uh, he might not be a villain. He's just strange. Yeah. Uh, he is strange. You you try to find him, but instead you discover the laboratory of the strange Dr. Peebles. <laughs> the scientist volunteers you to test his new time machine. Wow, you think. I'm going to be the first time traveling kid ever. Then, Denny runs right into the machine and vanishes. I can already tell Denny's going to be a many. Denny the many. Well, <laughs> your brother's not lost in the museum anymore. Now he's lost in time. Like you have Sponge to find Bob. him again. But where? In the distant past where the fur, fur, fierce. fierce dinosaurs roam? Or in medieval times as battling a, with knights and wizards? As a gay man, you should know how to say the word fierce. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> um, I do not subscribe to so many parts of 
gay culture and it's not because I'm like purposely going against it I just like do not uh, actively uh, engage in vernacular I guess more of a stereotype honestly at this point Uh, or in medieval times battling with knights and wizards maybe in the future where robots rule over humans the one thing you know for sure is you must find Denny in two hours or he'll be lost forever. There's, well, this podcast is going to be longer than that. <laughs> You're in control of this scary adventure. You decide what will happen and now and how terrifying the scares will be. It's going to be good. Start on page one. Why? Because I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Start on page one. Then follow the instructions at the bottom of each page. You make the choice. So take a deep breath, cross your fingers, and turn to page one. Now, to give yourself goosebumps. Oh good, you start this one. Page one. What a crummy vacation. You, your little brother Denny, and your parents have come to New York City for Christmas vacation. You thought you'd get to do lots of cool things, like visit the Statue of Liberty... Ride the 102nd floor of the World Trade Center. <laughs> You're kidding. Uh, I mean, do it while you can. Yep. Uh, ride to the 102nd floor of the World Trade Center and ice skate at Rockefeller Center. Rockefeller Center's still there, right? They didn't, like, turn that into, like, 30 Rock? No. They... What? Like... Like the show? I... Uh, in sooth, I have not watched Thirty for Rock. Sooth? For sooth, yes. in truth, <laughs> you just you've already I've you've already up. fucked up your own saying, Ryan. I've my own saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sooth, I have not. Uh, it's I have, not even eight o'clock. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I don't know. Uh, I've had a lot of cereal. It's entertaining. Your mom's... Oh, nope, that's you. I forget. I'm just doing the care... I'm just doing the wordings. We're the... doing great. Yep. I didn't even get there yet. I was skipping ahead. Um, an ice skate at Rockefeller Center. Instead, your parents are museum freaks. It's entertaining. Your mom says as she drags you into the Museum of Natural History. It's educational. Your dad declares as he shows you his collection of ancient pottery. It's boring. You say but no one listens. And the worst part is you're supposed to be in charge of your little red-headed brother, Denny. I already hate him. No soul. Only Denny doesn't want anyone to be in charge of him. Daywalker. You're not the boss of me. He keeps saying. You follow your parents through the Museum of Natural History. At first, it is kind of interesting. You really like the dinosaurs. Oh my god, wait until you see what's in this room. <laughs> your mom. It's Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge says... <laughs> <laughs> you rush to the next room expecting something exciting but your mom is standing in front of a sundial isn't this wonderful she exclaims an exhibit on time great you think a whole room full of clocks boring then denny gives you a karate kick in the back of the leg ow you cry stop it 
You're not the boss of me. He says smugly. Yes, I am. You reply, punching him in the arm. He winces and complains to your parents. Well, he you whines. You can't win. He whines and complains. <laughs> he whines. Yes, he whines and complains to your parents. No he... one's wincing from me punching someone. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. He whines and complains to your parents. You can't win. I'm thirsty. Denny says now. You can see he's eaten almost half a bag of gummy bears in less than a minute. Do you think it's the sugar-free ones where you, like, shit yourself? I don't know, but them? gummy bears is spelt with an I. That's, no, that's, that's like, that's like trademark. That's how they spell it on the bag. Like on Haribo? Yeah. Gummy with an I. Uh, listeners, um, feel free to uh, tweet us corrections of anything that Adam might claim to be true if you want to fact check us. To our Twitter. At uh, Oh My Yod Pod. Oh My Yod Pod. Don't worry, it doesn't exist yet. Can you find a drinking fountain for Denny, dear? Your mom asks without taking her eyes off a grandfather clock. Come on. You grab Denny's hand, but Denny pulls away and runs off down a hallway. See, Denny the many. You follow him. The hallway twists and turns. There's no sign of either Denny or a water fountain. But near the end of the hall, you see a warning on the door. Do I read the signs? Sure. Warning! Dangerous experiment inside! This door must be kept locked at all times! Dangerous experiment? What does that mean? Probably means it's a dangerous experiment. <laughs> you wonder. You notice that the door is slightly open. Oh no, Denny must have run in here, you think. You push the door open wider and peek in. There is no sign of Denny. A tall, skinny man with a long hair, what, long white hair tied in a ponytail is bent over. Oh, oh no, a hipster. A computer. The computer is... <laughs> <laughs> the computer. The computer is hooked up to a big, strange-looking clock. Between the computer and the clock is a large square contraption that looks like a picture frame. You can hear the computer and the clock beeping and pinging. Oh God, what's this man gonna be? It's about time you got here. The tall man says, straightening up. I'm Dr. Peebles. You must be the volunteer. You know, that's a fitting voice yep. for him. <laughs> Actually, you start to say. I'm looking for, there's no time to waste. Dr. Peebles interrupts. I'm ready to start the experiment. Come on over. Well, I hear. He says. He places a chain around your neck. Oh. On the end of the chain is something Excuse that looks me? like a stopwatch. Oh, it's a necklace. I thought he was like putting like a collar on me. <laughs> It's like, oh, getting kinky all of a sudden in this Goosebumps book. I mean, he was bent over a computer when you walked in. Like, literally asking for it. <laughs> With a come hither. It's about time you got here. Put it in. <laughs> a very, very odd stopwatch with complicated looking dial and four big knobs. Are you ready? Dr. Peebles asked, twisting at the four big knobs. Ready for what? Why, you ask? Why, to travel in time, of course. He replies. You'll be the first human in history to use my traveling chronometer. Chronometer? You echo. What's that? He points to the stopwatch around your neck. I don't have time. You say, you start to say, but he interrupts again. Of course you have time. Dr. Peebles goes on. It doesn't matter how long you remain in the past or future. When you return to the present, it will be the same moment that you left. It will be as if you weren't gone at all. 
is that how time travel works? Like, like no time passes. Because usually when you change even one it'll biddle thing in the past, it's the butterfly effect. Like, if I, like, literally go back five minutes and decide to... Like, if you decide to go back in time and decide to get a cheeseburger instead of pizza, I could spontaneously combust. That's true, but I don't think that's the point he's trying to make. That you can... Like, when you're in a time machine... You can set it for whatever time you want to go to the future and the past. So if you wanted to set it to the exact moment to come back, you could just set it to that time. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm just, I'm just trying to poke logic in, you know, a children's book. Um, R.L. Stein knows what the fuck he's doing. So let's continue. Let's continue. <laughs> How does this work? You ask, pointing to the stopwatch. It's easy. Says Dr. Peebles. Press the button on the left side to travel to the past. Press the button on the right for the future. To return to the present, press the stop top button and the bottom button at the same time. So, like, how iPhones work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool! Nuts you. Cool. Cool, you think? What if this guy's invention really works? Traveling in time would be awesome. There's no time to waste. Dr. Peebles says. I'm ready to begin the experiment now. You think for a moment. Dr. Peebles obviously believes you're someone else. But a trip... Through time sounds like a lot of fun. It does. More fun than staring at crummy old bowls all day. It does. And since you'll return to the exact same time you left, you'll still be able to find Denny and return to your parents before they even know anything's wrong. True. On the other hand, Denny can get into a lot of trouble very fast, and your parents will blame you if anything happens. Make a decision now. <gasps> Do you want to travel in time, or should you go look for your brother first? So this is the Weenie Hut Jr., um decision that every book has where you know if i choose a volunteer for the experiment that's gonna like actually start the story and if i better stay and look for denny turn to page 62 oh maybe actually i feel like if i i feel like waiting staying and waiting for denny is going to be a game over where they just say oh well you suck so i'm going to choose a volunteer for the experiment um just to to clarify yes if you if you went to uh Go find Denny. It was just going to return you back to this page. It wasn't going to be a game over. Oh, uh-huh, okay. If you, we we can we can we can read it. So if you went to find Denny, are you serious? Would you rather look at, uh, really look for your brother than take a trip in time? Well, then you're reading the wrong book. Goosebumps readers only have time for adventure. Take a minute, think it over, then go back to fa- page five and choose again. It's so it's so cunty. Like <laughs> it's really just like. Mm, really? You're going to make that decision? It, it's like the book thinks we're wasting its time. <laughs> That's true. We're on page 71. We are. I'm ready to travel through time. You tell Dr. Peebles. Good! The white-haired man replies. He punches some numbers in the computer keyboard. The computer starts to hum. The square doorway between the clock and the computer fills with a strange, shimmering glow. The chronoport is almost ready. The scientist says, pointing to the frame. I only just need to adjust. But before you can continue, you hear pounding footsteps. You turn to see Denny racing towards you. Oh, is this going to be like a The Fly situation where I like fuse with my brother because he runs into the time? Oh, no, that's a teleportation thing. That That is true. Yeah. Denny! You cry. He heads straight for the chronoport. You can't go in there. You're not the boss of me. Denny yells. He runs straight through the glowing frame. There's a soft pop before he disappears completely. 
Oh, no! Dr. Peebles cries. He went before I made the final settings. If you don't bring him back within two hours of real time, he'll disappear into timelessness forever. And we race on to page 47. What? You cry. You stare at the scientist. Your parents are going to ground you for life if you lose Denny. I love that as a kid, that's like his biggest fear. Grounding. Grounding for life. Not the fact that his brother is literally Lost going to time. die. Well, no. He, I mean, if he's going to die, he's going to die in, like, the Stone Age. That's true. However, I think um, no, no matter how someone um, goes missing from your life permanently without... Um, I guess true. Knowing it, it, it is equivalent to um, death. He needs to sort out his priorities. You'll have to travel in time to find him. Doctor Peebles tells you. I better make those adjustments to the Chrono Porch so you don't disappear into timelessness too. You stare at the scientist as he fiddles with the time machine. You can't believe it. This guy's really serious. When you find your brother... Dr. Peebles goes on. You must be touching each other before you use the chronometer. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I told you he was kinky, and he kind of sounds a little bit like Roger Rabbit. Baby Herman, I'll catch ya! <laughs> a little bit? Kinky bent over Boys! Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Um, otherwise, the device will bring only one of you back. <laughs> Who glowing framed Rob Roger Rabbit? Who glow framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but uh, where did Denny go? The future or the past? There's no way to know whether he's gone forward in time or back. Doctor Peebles replies. You'll have to guess. You touch the chronometer around your neck. It began. It began measuring real time the moment Denny disappeared. Already, the seconds are ticking by. You have to decide. Are you more likely to find Denny in the past or in the future? Oh, Alright, this is the this is the big deciding factor this one for this it. book. Yes. Now, I will say, I'm way more familiar with the path on the future because that's the one I chose when I was younger and it's also the one that I've heard podcasters choose. So I'm going to travel to the past. We are traveling to the past. In uncharted territory. Journey to the past. Is that what's the what's the um Anastasia song? Do you know the one nope. that the one, yeah, Journey to the Past. Uh, oh, you don't you know. You said it? you asked if I knew it. You don't know it. And I said no. Oh. I'll look for my brother in the past. You tell Dr. Peebles. Fine. The scientist replies. He punches another set of numbers into the computer. Now step right through the chrono port. Dr. Peebles instructs you. And good luck. You approach the shimmering frame and enter it. You feel a strange tingling sensation. Everything appears hazy as if you're underwater. A second later, you see two paths ahead in the mist. Wow. At the end of the left-hand path, you squint to see a tall stone castle in the distance. A knight in shining armor on a white horse rides towards it. At the end of the right path, there's a swamp with tall, strange-looking trees towering over it. Amidst the trees, can it be? A dinosaur! A dinosaur? <laughs> Ermagerd! Ermagerd, a dinosaur! <laughs> That's what happens when Denny's goes missing. You get a dinosaur. 
Which path did your brother choose? Which one will you take? Quick, decide. I feel like you almost decided for me with Dinosaur. <laughs> dinosaur. <laughs> because of that, since I always love to uh, contradict you, I'm going to run towards the night. Oh. Okay, we'll go towards the night. 93. And that means I don't have to say dinosaur nearly as often. Something tells me we'll run to the dinosaurs at some point. <laughs> you take off after the night on horseback. The enormous stone castle stretches towards the sky. Flags fly from its turrets. You imagine living there. Cool, you think. Suddenly, you notice the night has disappeared. Where did he go? You hurry over a drawbridge which stretches over a moat. The moat surrounds the castle. The sound of thundering hooves breaks the silence. The knight, returning at full speed, and is now holding a spear and pointing at you. Hey! You call out. I'm not your enemy. I'm a visitor from the future. But the knight doesn't pay attention. Once again, I am not on the side of the protagonist in this story. We're just a dumb child just trying to, like literally make as many waves and ripples in the past as possible. Time travel exists, Knight! <laughs> well, I guess then just like in the book and in your real life example, you are the villain. I am the villain. I'm the villain in my own story. But the Knight doesn't pay attention. His horse scallops closer and closer. The tip of the Knight's spear gleams in the sun. That's pornographic. Uh-oh. <laughs> this guy looks pretty serious. Are you ready to face him? Or should you jump into the moat below, even though you're a terrible swimmer? Face the night on page 22 or jump into the moat on 108. We are going to jump into the moat. We're going Because I feel like facing the night, I'm going to get skewered. We're going to jump in the moat on page 108, even though you're a terrible swimmer. Yep. You decide to take your chances in the moat. Splash. The water is cold, but at least you escapes the fierce-looking knight. Then you hear it. A loud clacking sound. A crocodile snapping his jaws. He's right in front of you, and he looks mighty hungry. You turn away from the crocodile and swim in the opposite direction. You wish you could swim faster. The crocodile's gaining on you. Suddenly, another crocodile pops up on your path, and another. You're totally surrounded by hungry green crocodiles. You grab the chronometer around your neck, but before you can press the buttons, the crocodile nearest you snatches it from out of your hand. In one gulp, he swallows it. Too bad. The chronometer was your only... Was the... Too bad. The chronometer was only the appetizer. The main course is about to be served, and it's you. The end. So remember when I told you that this book has, like, very easy pitfalls to go into? What do you mean very easy? You would have just faced the night? Yes. It literally says, it gives you the, are you ready to face him? Or should you jump into the moat below, even though you're a terrible swimmer? It's like telling you, this is the wrong choice to take. I guess my mind blanked at that last part. I even gave you the inflection to, like, be like, this is not the one I would do. Well, I'm already one for O on on, uh, on, on death, so I guess we're going to face the night on page... 22. What happens if you die here? Do we have to backtrack again? I would be really it's pissed total, if it's just... pitfall? If only you'd taken swimming lessons when your mom wanted you to. You decide not to jump into the moat. You face the knight and his spear. Right before it reaches you, 
The knight reins in his horse. Who are you, stranger? He demands. I'm a visitor from the future. I'm searching for my brother. No one enters King Ruthbert's castle unless he can meet the challenge. He replies. What challenge? You ask. You must fight me, his noble defender, in a duel. The knight says with a smirk. The loser will become food for the king's crocodiles in the moat. Crocodiles in the moat? Good thing you didn't jump in after all. All right, book, fuck off. <laughs> it's a good thing we have our own chronometer. <laughs> yeah, our fingers. And, and we can just go back in time and pretend like you didn't make that dumbass decision. <sighs> the knight dismounts and pulls a bag of wee weapons. <laughs> <laughs> wee pawns? Oh no, wee pawns. Not a bag of weep Extreme weep <laughs> oh. In in my defense, listener, uh, there it's one of those words that's uh, hyphenated. Hyphenated because it it didn't fit on the line, so it says weep and then ons. Okay, yeah, but like context clues, the knight dismounts and pulls a bag of weapons from Who the, the fuck? saddle. What what knight has a bag of weapons? A knight has a sword and a hilt. Maybe and a, a lance and a knife and a whip for their horse. What do you mean? No one carries all of that at once. This guy does apparently. He, he has two hands. I'm His assuming. His noble defender does. Hmm. The knight dismounts and pulls a bag of wee pawns from his saddle. You see a spear, a sword, a spiky chain, and a huge wooden club. Here, you may choose your weapon. He says. This guy really wants to have a duel. Well. The knight says impatiently. Choose! Choose your weapon on page 84. And this gives me, like, all of the different choices of the weapon. Uh, like... Okay. As you reach for a weapon, you notice an apple tree planted alongside the moat. Great, this person is just as, like, one track, <laughs> like, ADHD as uh -huh. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, you have an idea. It... Are you, like, Isaac Newton? <laughs> like, you only get ideas from, from apple trees? What, did, did I have another idea for an apple tree earlier? No, I meant, like, the... Oh, just the, this one. I think this is the only time he's had an idea. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm just correlating. Well, I had an idea to go to the past. Maybe I'm in this kid's corner now. Suddenly, you have an idea. And it's just what you needed to put a chink in the knight's armor. I choose the club. You tell the knight. Oh, wow, the book is choosing for me. But we'll duel according to my rules. Very well, stranger. The knight says. He hands you the club. See that apple tree? You say. Pick one of the apples and toss it toward me. I'll hit the apple with the club. Then I'll throw an apple to you to hit. Whoever hits the apple farthest will win the duel. A strange challenge indeed. The knight grumbles. But I accept. Last year you were the best batter on your baseball team. Adam um, is a fair batter at best. If we're playing wiffle ball. I'm sure you're a fair batter. Last year you were the best batter on your baseball team. Now you're hoping your batting average will pay off. Can you beat the knight at baseball? To find out, flip two coins. Oh, fuck this. It's literally going to come down to chance if I if I have another death. I don't remember. Well, 
I don't remember yours having any, like, chance-based ones. Yours always were, like, logic things. What do you mean? I had to do a spinny thing. I had to pick one of three random numbers at one point. What do you mean three random... No, you picked two cards. And then they gave you three random numbers. What? The, at the, the, I chose the very red, last thing that I had to do... Red pill, when blue it, pill? When it, when it, no, that's not what I'm talking about. The very last thing that I had to yes, do... Yes, that's I, right. You did have to pick, yes. Oh, my God. Well, here's a little insight into our relationship. I tell Adam something that's happened in the past, and he tells me that it didn't happen until he remembers. Well, if one coin comes up heads and the other comes up tails, like just like what just happened, we're turning to page 116. So you flip two coins and they both show different faces. Yes. I'm ready to begin the duel! The knight tells you. He plucks an apple from the tree. He then winds up and throws the apple towards you. Holding the club like a baseball bat, you smack the apple. It soars down the path, past the knight. I can hit it much further. The knight boasts. He takes his place at the end of the drawbridge. The knight's kind of starting to sound a little bit like Bane. <laughs> That's... Oops. Now you pick an apple from the tree. You stand on the pitcher's mound and eye the knight. Then you wind up. You pitch. The knight swings with all his might and hits a blooper a few feet in front of you. All right. I won. You call. Now can I go into the castle? I need to look for my brother. The knight nods. Very well, stranger. He said sadly. You may enter the castle, but according to the rules, I must jump into the moat. Go to page 50. And watch this man kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> and be scarred for life. On, go be scarred for life on page 50. <laughs> Wait! You cry. You don't need to. But it's too late. <laughs> He's already jumped into the water. You watch in horror as the crocodiles swim towards him, jaws open. One last thing. The knight calls before the beasts reach him. Beware of the lair! The, the what? You ask, but the only answer is the snapping jaws of the crocodiles. So we just watch a man get eaten alive by crocodiles. Purple co crocodiles at that. Hey, they're, they're the purple crocodiles That's that were it. missing from the first book. Trying not to watch or listen, you hurry across the drawbridge into the castle. Jesus, that's gruesome. I told you, some of these some of these deaths are absolutely just, like, sickening. They, they could go a little further. They can go a little further. I'm pretty sure this is one of the ones that... I really want to hear, like, a little voice come from, like, the third story of the castle going, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> that's horrifying. <laughs> Uh, the high wooden door of the castle stands open. Hello? You call. Is anybody home? Your own voice echoes back. You step- Hello? Is anybody home? No. Is anybody home? Your own voice echoes back. No? Okay. You step through the door- That was the echoing back. Uh, but I said it again. Oh, sorry. I should have returned the volley. That's okay. That's okay. Your own voice echoes back. Your own voice echoes back. Is anybody home? Is anybody home? You step through the door into the dark entrance of the hall. Hanging from the wall is a tapestry. Ooh. In the center, there is a picture of a fierce-looking beast. He did it. Slay. Slay boots the house down, kitty purr purr. Ooh. Um, uh, uh, a lion. I don't know. I was trying to think of anything else gay. Uh -huh. uh, a lion, you wonder. You sure hope you don't run into him here. 
You enter a winding, narrowing corridor. We're probably gonna run. We're probably gonna run into a lion. <laughs> and you said corridor. Corridor. Cor corridor. 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 You enter a winding, narrow corridor. Empty suits of armor line the walls. The only light comes from flickering candles. The corridor turns into a... <laughs> Part of this literally looks like... When I look over to you, like, trying to read... like It literally looks like a dog trying to read. <laughs> <laughs> a dog with peanut butter in their mouth trying to I read. I have no light. The light source is on the other end of the room from where I'm holding this book. The corridor twists and turns. Don't turns and twists. That doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't fine. seem to lead anywhere. You glance at the chronometer. Only one hour left. How have I already killed an hour by just fucking around with this night? Not only did you kill an hour, you killed a man. I <laughs> so I have, I have, a, I have blood on my hands. And there's still no sign of Denny. Then, all of the candles go out. Ooh, work. You're in total darkness. Oh wait, no, that's bad. From somewhere up ahead. You hear an eerie scream. A human scream. Oh. Chills ah! creep up your spine. Who was that? Maybe you should get out of here right now. But what if it was Denny? So if I did decide to turn back, like, am I leaving the castle? Or am I going back to a previous page? Or, you know, we're going to go on. We're going to continue to go on. You're going to continue to go on towards the scream. Yeah. I'm feeling brave. The scream echoes against the dark walls. You wish you could turn around and get out of here, but you have to find your brother. Denny! You shout. You put your hand on the wall to guide you. A light appears ahead of you, and you follow into a circular room. Inside the room, there are three doors. Ugh. You just came through one of them. Okay, so it's 50-50. The other two are labeled to King Ruthbert's throne room and to the lair. You remember the knight warned you, beware of the lair. Did he mean this lair? <laughs> I don't know what other <laughs> layers there are. You never know. Maybe he's talking about Ting King Ting. King Ruthbert. Ting Ruthbert. Maybe maybe he's a maybe he's um Maybe it's his lair. Maybe he's a layer. Like he A he, liar. He, he lays a lot of people. Oh. <laughs> Sexually? No, just like like he, he like, no. like lays them to rest. He just likes to pick them up and then put them down vertically. <laughs> what about the throne room? You mean horizontally? <laughs> That's what I. <laughs> so he picks people up and puts them down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about the throne room? Judging by this spooky castle, that could be pretty dangerous too. What door do you choose? Oh, fuck it. Let's just go to the lair. We're gonna go to the lair. We're gonna go to the. 57. We're gonna go to the lair because I'm gonna. I, I, I'm. I feel like. Oh Sorry, I just turned the page. I, I I feel like the lair is going to. Um, I feel like that was a trick, and the lair is actually the lair of the king. You step through the door labeled to the lair. You find yourself in a very narrow passageway. Smoking candles along the walls give you a little light on the oh, path. I thought, I, I thought I was smoking candles along the walls. <laughs> no, you're, you're not smoking candles. Like, just burning wax through my lips. 
No, they're smoking because the candles have gone yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> smoking candles along the walls, yeah. <laughs> it's like, just damn, to, I'm cool. You need it. just something to cope. I'm just like Lana Del Rey, just like, with her like peyote shirt, just be like, come on down to Florida. I got something for you. Tits out. <laughs> I never understand... Like, I don't understand 75% of the words that come out of your mouth whenever you make a cultural reference. You don't... I'm really gonna have to revoke your gay card if you don't know Lana Del Rey. Uh, granted, the song I just sang, Florida Kilos, is a bonus track off of Ultraviolence. So, you know, it's not one that's, you know, known as often. Yeah, I don't know most of that. I've definitely, I've definitely heard Lana Del Rey in your car, but I couldn't tell you one of their songs. And I don't know what a peyote shirt is. All right, I'll show all the listeners who are the, the listeners who are truly gay will know exactly what I'm talking about. She's wearing a shirt that is like it's like a Pepsi logo, but it says Peyote instead, and she's laying in like a bed of flowers, smoking a um. Oh, I thought a Peyote was a was a not a was a like a um pattern, like Pe- a, like an argyle. No, Peyote is <laughs> like another word for like weed, oh. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Are you thinking of um, like houndstooth or no? Know, like, you're thinking ombre? no. You're thinking paisley, <laughs> paisley, which is like the kind of design that's on bandanas. So, I I think we should make a paisley peyote shirt. I think that should be our first piece of merch. Yeah, a paisley peyote shirt. Let us know if you think if you would wear a paisley peyote shirt or if we'd get sued by Lana Del Rey. You begin wondering if you made the wrong choice when you see something on the path. A squashed gummy bear. <gasps> Denny! Your heart stops. There were no gummy bears in medieval times. Denny's been here. Fuck yes. You hurry along the corridor and see more squashed gummy bears. Denny's a litterer. Another reason to hate him. Not because he's ginger, but because he's annoying. Your brother has definitely come this way. But where is he now? You come to a narrow staircase. You follow the cold stone steps downward. This is why I started laughing when I turned the page. At the bottom of the big wooden door, over it, a sign says, The Lair of the Wizard. Next to the door is a tiny... Next to that door is a tiny door, about a foot high. The sign over the small door says, The Lair of the Lizard. <laughs> there, we said, what other layers? And there's literally there's multiple layers. <laughs> Layers, not layers. Layers upon layers. Layers upon layers of layers. Layers? Layers of layers. Layers? No one says layers. They're layers. layers. It's my lair. Welcome to my lair. This castle is like an onion. Okay, so you see it's lair. So L-A-I-R. If you replace that L with an N, it's nair. No one calls nair nair. Okay, we're not going to debrief the entire... or, Or if you take the L and replace it with an H, they don't say hair like oh look at that hair upon your head it's lair okay it's lair it's not lair it's hair it's hair. not lair. lair it's L- it's literally not lair lair it's it's a layer there are plenty of instances in the english language this is just where a you very can swap a letter i think and it is, sounds totally different i think it's just a very homosexual way of you saying layer what like h-o-m-e what does that spell home C-O-M-E, what does that spell? Comb. No. Comb. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. C-O-M-E. Or right. wait, C-O-M-B? 
Come. C-O-M-E. Come. H-O-M-E. Home. Come home. Right, and they don't, but they don't sound the same. All right, what is that called? That's not a homophone. That's the opposite of a homophone. A heterophone? (laughs) Lair of the lizard. You think about the knight's last word, beware of the lair. But which lair did he mean? I'm almost certain that lair of the lizard is a dragon. So I'm going to go to the lair of the wizard. You go to the lair of the wizard. Because wouldn't you think the lair of the lizard is going to be a dragon? Because l- l- dragons are lizards. Dragon, dragon not, not lizard. lizard. I don't, I don't do, do that, that tongue, tongue thing. thing. Oh, fuck me. You step up to the wizard's door, take a deep breath, and pull it open. Inside is a dim, smoky room. It's filled with a jumble of books, tables, pots of boiling liquid, crystal balls, and other strange magical equipment. Hello? You call. Denny, is anyone here? The only answer is a rustling sound behind you. Denny! You shout, whirling around. You gasp when you see what's there. Crouched on a pile of rags behind the table is the biggest lizard you've ever seen. Did this book fucking trick me? Around its neck is an iron collar with the name tag that reads wizard. Are I... A lizard named wizard? That's not my fault. (laughs) The lizard's cold black eyes gaze at you. Its narrow tongue flicks in and out. You take a step backwards. As the reptile starts towards you, you recognize the pile of rags it was sitting on. Denny's clothes. You swallow hard. Now you know what happened to your brother and what will happen to you. The end. <sighs> okay, so I'm 0 for 2 at this point. Um, I guess we're going to go to the lair of the lizard. The lair of the lizard? You know, that's probably a good choice. And it's going to be a wizard named Lizard. You crouch down and open the foot-high wooden door to the lair of the lizard. You can't see anything but darkness. You hold your breath to make yourself smaller, then wriggle through the door on your stomach. Wait, like a sponge? What do you mean? I, like, compress myself? Yes, like a like a raccoon, you know? <laughs> Have you ever seen them go down, like, uh, like drain pipes? No! <laughs> yeah, like an entire raccoon, like, giant, like... Like the ones that like, like the ones that old guy like feeds hot dogs yeah, to like the, that big those, those things those are big, those like are like little trucks those things are fucking huge they can squeeze all their bones and organs and things and fit down literally literally like drain pipes like from your house all right I'm gonna need to see video proof of that um I mean I saw your cat do the same thing because she's like 17 pounds and she was able to slide underneath the sink with ease that's true however the, the she is the height of the space under the sink, so it's a little less impressive than a raccoon squeezing their way into a drain pipe. Is that what those are called? I keep saying it. Storm drain. Thank you. No. No. Like, on the side of a house. Gutter. Yeah, the thing from the gutter, gutter to the ground. Storm drain. Sure, we're gonna Wait, go wait, no, it. water spout. Oh, like the itsy spider. spider. <laughs> It's a water spout. Yeah. Yeah. A raccoon can travel through a water spout. I have to tell you that the only reason I knew the word was gutter was like, oh, cum gutters. <laughs> well. You know, those like V lines? Like no, I know, what, I know what they are. Yeah. Rick and Morty really popularized it. It's like, damn, uh, rail guys got cum gutters. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, probably one of the only, uh, only things about architecture that you would be able to pinpoint was 
from the word cum gutters. Hey, <laughs> I, I am what I am and I know what I know. You wriggle through the door on your stomach. Inside, you stand up. You're in a dark, misty room. Flies and other insects dart from wall to wall. A bearded man in flowing robes bursts into the room from I another door. I swear to God, if this wizard is named Lizard, I'm gonna scream. He peers through the mist. Wizard! He calls. Wizard, where are you? Excuse, oh, Excuse me? He says, you say politely. I'm sorry, politely. Excuse me? You say politely. Aren't you the wizard? Of course I am! He bellows. I'm the wizard, but I can't find my lizard named Wizard. Have you seen him? No. You say? I'm looking for someone, too. I I know who, who you are and what you seek. He interrupts. You are a traveler in time. Yes. You tell him, surprised. And I'm looking. The young boy you seek is lost in the corridors of time. He says. To find him, you must answer a question of time. At the mention of time, you glance at your chronometer. Time is running out. Oh, Christ. To answer the question, hurry to page 33. Did he say he was looking for his lizard named Wizard? Yes. It's literally like next door, dude. Oh, what voice did I give this man? He was like a mix of like half of the... Come with me! The wizard leads you to a large room filled with dusty bookcases and magical equipment. He seats himself at a table and stares into a crystal ball. I'm thinking of a time travel device. He says to the wizard. It's a black... I mean, says the wizard. It's a black cuckoo clock. A door in the center of the clock contains a mechanical bird. Oh, God. The wizard's green eyes seem to give off sparks. Here is the question. How do you make time run backward? Do you pull the bird out of the door and put it back three times, or do you twist its head around? Think carefully before you answer. He adds. If you give a wrong answer, you will be sent to the corridors of time forever. If you read the Goosebumps book, The Cuckoo Clock of Doom, you know the correct answer. If you haven't read that book, you'll have to guess how to make time run backwards. So listeners, um, being a huge Goosebumps fan, I have read The Cuckoo Clock of Doom, and I've watched the awful um, Canadian uh, televised episode of The Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Sidebar, the Goosebumps TV shows have some of the most brilliantly terrible acting you will ever see, and they filmed most of it in Canada, along with Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's actually where Ryan Gosling got his start. He is in the episode Say Cheese and Die, and already there you can tell he is such a great scene stealer and really good at acting, but some of these kids literally look like they pulled them off the side of the street and just weighed like five dollars in front of them, like, hey kid, you want to act? I want to ask you first, Ryan. What choice would you make since you absolutely haven't read these books? Because I know the right answer here. Do you pull a bird out of the door and put it back three times, or do you twist its head around? I would twist its head around. Yes, the correct answer is you twist its head around. That is how the cuckoo clock goes back in time. So I'm going to do 82. I know the answer. You tell the wizard. To make time run backward, you have to twist the head of the cuckoo. The wizard cuckoo. wait. Cuckoo? Cuckoo. Cuckoo. How you doing, mis amores? Do you want to see my cuckoo? The wizard waves his arms. Another moment later, there is a brilliant flash of light and the wizard disappears. In his place stands Denny. Oh, shit. <laughs> you never thought you'd be so glad to see your little brother. Denny! You cry. I've been looking all over for you. 
I've been hiding from you, he replies. You glance at your chronometer. Now there's less than 30 minutes till your two hours are up. Denny, you tell him. We've got to go back to Dr. Peebles' laboratory. We we've got to go now. You're not the boss of me. He exclaims. Can I just leave him here? You please. I, I hate him so much. You can, you can still win if you decide to end it here. Come on. You insist. You reach for his hand, but he yanks it away. I don't want to go. He cries. He runs into the mist and disappears back at the back of the lair. Is this going to end with me deciding to just fuck off with my brother? Turn to page 114. To find out. Denny! You cry. Come back! You run to the back of the lair. Denny is slipping into a small, dark opening between two bookcases. Is he compressing himself like a raccoon? That's it. Inside the opening, you can hear heavy breathing. It doesn't sound human. Do you still have the nerve to follow Denny? It's not giving me a choice, so I guess I if am so, following. turn to page 45. Can I decide that I don't have the nerve and we can just end it here? And probably not. We're going to just go to page 45. You step between the bookcases and find yourself in a small dark cave filled with piles of straw. Oh. The air is damp and smells terrible. In one corner, there is a dent in the straw, as if a very large animal had been laying there. Next to the dent is a pile of bones with teeth marks in them. Denny? You call nervously. Denny, are you in here? Help me! A sudden faint voice fills the cave. It's your brother. Help me! He cries again. The voice seems to be coming from the back of the cave. You crawl further back and see several piles of straw and a small opening. Mm. You press your eye up to the opening and peer oh. inside. In the darkness, several tiny red lights glow. Help! Denny's voice sounds fainter and more terrified. But where is he? Is he hiding in one of the piles of straw? Or did he go through the opening? Make a decision quickly. Time is running out. Okay, so... The opening with the red lights is obviously, like, bat eyes, probably. Um, if I stay in the cave, I feel like I'm going to get eaten by whatever the tiny dent is. Or this could be where the lizard was. Um, and we could be in... This could be the lair of the lizard. Was there straw in that in that room? I am unsure if it's specified. Okay. I'm going to crawl through the opening. Crawl through the opening with the red lights. On page 92. You crawl through the small opening in the darkness. The uh, you crawl through the small opening. You sp crawl through the small opening. In the darkness, the red lights glitter like jewels. Sticky, rope-like strands hang from the walls and ceiling. <laughs> At the end of each strand, there's a big gray lump. That, that's not what it should look like. You move closer to the strands and shudder. The strands are part of a big spider web. Ugh. And the big gray lumps are the bodies of the giant insects. Help me! A voice cries out. As you stare at the web, you realize one of the wrapped up insects is much lar larger than the others. Help me! It's Denny. A giant spider has wrapped him up in its silk. Okay, so I made the right decision. He is in here. But let's see if we both die right now. Terrified. 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 Terrified the spider throws a bunch of hot oil on you. <laughs> uh, terrified, you reach up to help your brother. Your hand brushes a thick rope-like strand. <sighs> you try to pull back in disgust, but your hand is stuck. You raise your other hand to help, and your other hand gets stuck too. Denny! You cry. I'm trapped! Here it comes! Denny shrieks in terror. The glowing red lights 
move slowly towards you. They're not lights, they're eyes. The eyes of the gigantic spider that made the web. And it's the biggest spider you've ever seen. Biggest fucking spider you ever seen. With huge dripping fangs. <laughs> Frantically, you Arnar. Arnar. Frantically, you struggle against the sticky strands, but it's no use. This time, you've become totally wrapped up in your adventure. Okay. The end. Alright, so that's three deaths. That's I, three deaths. I I need to okay, so I know so if I if I lose one more time I lose a prize. I, I don't get a prize. Correct. Uh, what was the what page were we on before? Wait, let me let me just look up let, I I can I can do this. Oh wait. Wait. Yes. Okay. So I yeah, we're gonna 45. we're gonna stay in the cage. We're gonna stay in the cave. We're gonna go to page thirty-two. You're sure that your brother is somewhere in the cave, Denny. You yell, Denny. You're getting used to the smell of the darkness. Nope. What? <laughs> no. Oh, oh no. Smell and the darkness. <laughs> Ryan, tell me what does darkness smell like? What does darkness smell what like? What does darkness smell like? Come. No. Sorry, that's on my mind since we said cum gutters and then the very cum-like spider webs. There, there's something Freudian going on Thick here. Thick ropes. Yep. Um, darkness. Damp. Peaty. I think darkness smells like licorice. Yeah? Yeah. Like, like a deep black licorice. Alright, I'm going to give such an obscure reference right now. There was a flash game on the nick.com website that was about giving kids candy for trick-or-treat and if you would give them black licorice they would turn into monsters and they'd be like i don't like black licorice and then the door would slam shut did you ever play that i don't think so no Someone in the someone who's listening to this will will have heard this. You have the options to give them like candy or like apples or the, or um like um Jolly Ranchers or black licorice, and no matter whatever decision you pick, they're like thank you, and then they'll leave unless you pick black licorice, and they're like I don't like black licorice. And it's terrifying. Like their mouths like it gets it's really spooky. You're getting used to the smell and the darkness. There we go. You squint at the chronometer and you see that there's only about 15 minutes until Denny. And you are lost in time forever. Denny! You call again. At last you hear a faint answer. Help me! He calls. The sound is coming from underneath the straw. What? <laughs> you dig through the straw because this is... Because you've chose this path, this is... This is where happens. you find him, I guess. Right. So he's in two places at once? Time. No, he was only there because that's what you chose for the direction of the story to go. I know, but like, he was in the spider pit, and I chose straw. Right, you're, you're choosing the direction of the story. Yeah, you're but... Not, you're not... I'm trying to find my brother. Why is he in two different locations? He's not. That you, He's only there because that's what you chose. Oh, so like, he was going to be... Oh. Like, you're, you're choosing the adventure. Oh, I thought I was and choosing... And you, you just chose a path that led for you both to die. But now that you chose this path, you have the opportunity to both live. We'll see. I said opportunity. <laughs> you dig through the straw. Finally, you find him on the bottom with ropes tied around his hands and feet. 
Who tied, not those kind of ropes. Who tied you? Yeah, not thick ropes. <laughs> who tied you up? You ask as you quickly untie him. The lion! He says. A lion tied him up? Come on. You say urgently. Grab my hand. We've got to get back to the present. You're not the boss of me! Denny okay, says. fuck off. <laughs> Stay hog-tied in the straw then. Denny says, but you can see he's scared as he takes your hand. You get ready to press the top and bottom button of the chronometer, but a terrifying roar fills the cave. Oh my god, we're so close, just press the button! Find out what it was on 64. A hideous lion stands at the entrance of the cave. It's enormous, bigger than any lion you've seen at the zoo. Its head is covered with yellow and brown fur and a thick mane. Its eyes glitter as it looks you up and down. Then you recognize the beast. It's the lion from the tapestry at the entranceway to the castle. In terror, Denny ducks behind you. You'll do just as well. The creature snarls as it rushes towards you. It grabs, talking lion. It grabs you by the arm and licks its lips hungrily. You glance at the chronometer in your hand. The lion is touching you, so you press the chronometer buttons. So if you press the chronometer button now, it'll travel travel to the future with you and Denny. But if you don't go to the present soon, you and Denny will be lost forever. Should you stay here or return to Dr. Peebles' laboratory with both Denny and the lion? Okay, this is a tough decision because if I escape now and bring the lion to the present, maybe he'll just like be like, oh, real life heir, I'm dead. Or um, maybe... I stay and fight a lion. It's gonna be like, can you fight a lion? How, what day is it today? Are you lucky? It's gonna be some stupid, arbitrary thing like that. Just because I know I'm not gonna win this one, I'm just let's just stay and fight the lion. Stay and fight the lion. You yank your hand away from the lion. To your surprise, it lets you go. But just as you are about to press the buttons on the chronometer, the lion pounces on your brother, knocking you both over. The chronometer flies out of your hand. At the same moment, there's a loud pop. Denny disappears into the into the air. With a squeak of surprise, the lion disappears too. You look all around, but there's no sign of either your brother or the beast. And the chronometer lies smashed on the floor. Oh no, now you've done it. Maybe the wizard can help you. You wander back through the castle trying to find the wizard's lair. At last, you come to the door labeled the lair of the wizard. Okay. I'm not going to page 19. We're going back, and I'm not counting this as a death because this is literally just taking me right back to the same page that I've already been at. What do you mean? You got there a different way. Of course this counts as no, a death. No, it does not. It was a, it was a key decision <laughs> no. that led you here. Yes, no. that is a death. No. And you die the exact same way twice. God damn it. Is it really the same exact page? It's the exact same page where you find the wizard named Lizard. The, oh the lizard named Wizard. God. What page were we on before? 114? I just had it until you freaked out. We're gonna escape now, and I have four deaths. Escape now, turn to page 72. You grab Denny's hand and press the chronometer's buttons to escape. Nothing happens. What's going on? Denny whines, tugging at your arm. I don't know. You snap. You let go of Denny's hand and stare closely at the face of the chronometer. It looks okay. Same as always. You wonder what went wrong. What went wrong? Then the lion roars loudly. Arr! You shake the chronometer up and down and try pre pressing the buttons again. Your body starts to tingle. It's working, you think. 
You shut your eyes tightly. Your fingertips tingle with what feels like an electric current. You open your eyes. You can't believe it. You're not back in Dr. Peebles' lab. You're still in the castle. Wait, what? Oh, I, like, literally just, like, went back in time. In front of a door that says King Ruthbert's throne room. Oh, my God. So you're telling me all I had to do was go to... The throne room? And not... And, and just beware the lair was a complete trap for the whole thing. Uh-huh. I think so. The lion is gone, but where is Denny? And then you remember, you didn't hold Denny's hand. You've lost him all over again, and time is running out. Oh my god, okay, I guess we're going to the throne room. To search for Denny again, we're gonna go to page 83. Yep, and I literally wasted how much time? Like... You step through a door labeled to King Ruthbert's throne room. Finally. And climb a short flight of steps. At the top, you enter a huge stone room. What I will say, this book is very cleverly written where it can have these kinds of, like, meandering kind of, like, paths that will lead you in certain directions no matter what. Yeah. So good on you, RL, for that. Colorful tapestries hang on the walls between narrow, arch-shaped windows. Ladies in long gowns sit in wooden benches. Sit on wooden benches. They're not inside of the benches. <laughs> Around the room, knights in armor stand stiffly at attention. Did I just, like, crash a cotillion, pretty much? So, there's a bunch of long ladies on gowns. I mean, what am I saying? Long ladies on gowns? You mean long <laughs> gowns on ladies? Ladies in long gowns on benches. I like and long ladies in... I like long, <laughs> long ladies on gowns. Uh, and then just a bunch of knights stiff around them. You've walked into the medieval orgy. Eyes wide shut. At the far end of the room, a wooden throne stands on a raised platform. Sitting on the throne is a fat bearded man wearing a red robe and gold crown. King Ruthbert, you realize. Next to him, on a smaller throne, is a small person. Good for them. Yeah. Ni 1995. Got, they got it right. They got it right. No, <laughs> I think little people is what they prefer to be oh, called. Oh, never mind. Fuck you. Fuck you, RL 1995. At least he didn't say, like, the M word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His crown is too big and it slips down over his face. Aww. A nearby knight draws his sword and raises it to your throat. The sword pricks, uh, lightly pricks your skin. What are you doing here, stranger? The knight demands. Oh, this is a different knight. What are you doing here, stranger? The knight demands. I'm a traveler from the future. You quickly explain. I'm looking for my brother. He has red hair and silence. The knight shouts. I'll not listen to any more of your lies. You're a spy for King Henry. Turn to page 23. Like, like, oh, I'm thinking of King Arthur. Oh, Henry, like, divorced, beheaded, betrayed. Well, that's, that's the eighth one. There were seven other ones before him. <laughs> was he the first, was this guy the first one? He, he was, was number, number one. one. We'll have to turn to page 23 to find out. Okay. King who? You ask. Do you take me for an idiot? The king, the knight snarls. Henry's forces are expected to attack any day. Don't deny you're an advanced scout. I'm a kid from the future. You repeat. I only want... But the knight doesn't listen. He quickly ties your hands behind your back, then thragged, drags you up to the throne. He tosses you at the king's feet. Who is this? The king demands. A spy for King Henry. The knight answers. 
You look up to deny it. That's when you notice who's sitting in the small throne next to the king. Denny! What? <laughs> I've been looking all over for you! You tell him. We've got to get back to Dr. Peebles' labs. You can't st- Dr. Peebles' lab. All, all of them. You can't stay. <laughs> Silence! King Ruthbert bellows. No one speaks to my son without permission. Your son? You gasp. But this is my brother, Denny. He's my son, Ruth. Ruthel Ford. The I, king interrupts. I don't like that name. Me either. It's the match of like Rutherford, Ruth, Ruth Burt and Ruthel Ford. What's his, what's his mom's name? Ruthless? Hey! Just Ruth. Ruthie. <laughs> and my wife, Ruth. <laughs> I always wanted a son. When this boy appeared, I adopted him. Turn that's, to page 15. That's not how that works, by the way. <laughs> Maybe in medieval times. Just claiming kids. He's just an ordinary 20th century kid. You protest. I'm not ordinary. Denny yells. I don't like this person. He adds, whining to the king. Is this little shit going to literally just, like, call me out in front of the king? Listen to me, Denny. You shout. You're in big trouble. You've got to come with me now. You're not the boss of me. Denny yells. Boil this spy in oil. Shouts the king. Yeah. Denny agrees, clapping. Boil the spy in oil. Denny, you're my brother. You you protest in horror, but Denny just smirks his obnoxious smirk. Fuck this little twat. I'm done with him. Like. Then the two knights grab you and begin to drag you out of the throne room. There has to be an ending where I just return and he doesn't come with me. That, that has to be in here. Wait! You shout. You're making a terrible mistake! But no one listens. You're dragged up to the roof of the castle. There, you see a bubbling black pot. Yikes! Your hands are tied behind you. You can't use the chron chronometer. Unless a miracle happens. You're about to be boiled in oil. Looks like you look like it's boiled in oil. Is this your lucky day? Do you know what's wrong? No. Looks it's like it's boiled in oil. It's Avatar. It's the episode Avatar Day when they're like gonna be boiled in oil, but instead Community service! Please stop community service. And the episode ends with them eating unfried dough to com to commemorate the day they didn't boil the Avatar in oil. And Sokka's like, This is by far the worst town we've ever been to. No, I don't remember it's at all. It's such a good episode because, like, the um the mayor or, like, the judge of the town reminds me of that smarmy mm, kind of guy in Mulan. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, That's why we call it justice, because it's just us. <laughs> I listen to the side of the story. I tell my story, then you tell your story, and then I decide who's right. <laughs> well, now it's time to see if today's your lucky day. Well, today's an even number, so we're going to be turning to page 52. And I can't believe this is making me have a chance. How I'm telling you, I told you, there's so many pitfalls in this one that if you just, like, flip a coin incorrectly, <laughs> or if it's the... 11th, it's not going to count. So page 52. So we're going to page 52 for an even date. Yeah. The two knights drag you over to the pot of boiling oil. The king and Denny are right behind them. On the count of three, carry out this sentence. The king orders. Denny, help! You plead, but Denny sticks his tongue out at you. 
Then he gives the king the thumbs up sign. So in like in a horror movie, if this kid was doing these kinds of things, it's projecting that this child is going to die in this movie because yes. he is an awful human being. So naturally, one of these endings is going to be him dying and me being just kind of okay with it. One, the king says. The knight picks you up. Please, just listen to me. You cry. Two. The knight lifts you high above the the, the pot. Frantically, you struggle to free your hands so you can use the chronometer, but they are tied tightly. Three. The king cries. At that moment, a hair-curling scream splits the air. Dozens of armored knights rush over to the roof. They're all waving swords and knives and holding out large shields. The roof is swarming with knights ready for battle. Sounds like they had a bag of weapons as well. <laughs> it's King Henry's army! King Ruthbert shouts. The king's two knights spring into ap to action. They drop you and jump in front of the king. If they drop you, they're dropping you into the pot of oil. You know what? I, I do a dodge roll. <laughs> uh, I do a barrel roll. They do a barrel roll! They desperately try to defend him against the invading army. When the knights let you go, you roll out of the way. You've got to grab Denny and get out of here. Fast! But one of the king's knights has already seized your brother. You watch in horror as the knight lifts your brother over his head and walks him over to the edge of the castle. Oh no! The knight's about to toss Denny off the side of the roof! You've got to do something, but what? For just a moment, you think about doing nothing. Good. After all, Denny was planning on having you boiled in oil. But no, he's your brother after all. This man's a better man than I am. Your hands are still tied behind your back. Maybe you can trick the knight into letting Denny go, or maybe you can roll into knight the knight's path before he reaches the edge of the roof. Now, I'm gonna say I'm gonna rather trick the knight because rolling into his path like a bowling ball into a pin sounds like a death sentence to me. So let's go to 121. So we will try to trick the knight. We're gonna try and trick the knight with logic. Denny screams in terror as the knight prepares to toss him to the ground. Stop! You yell. That's King Ruthbert's son, Ruthelford! You say. Just as difficultly. <laughs> and you hear from the second story, And I'm Ruth! <laughs> <laughs> the knight looks at you in surprise. Of course. Why do you think I'm getting ready to dash his brains out? That's heavy for a, for a children's book. A little bit. King Ruthbert will pay a huge ransom for him. You go on. More gold and jewels than you can imagine. Is that right? The knight replies. How do you know? I'm an agent of the king. You tell the knight. It's the first lie that enters your mind. Really? Then why are your hands tied? The knight asks. Well, um... You try to think of a good answer. Untie me and I'll show you. The knight looks you up and down. He draws his sword. Oh no, what's he going to do? Chop my fucking hands off. If I know this book... The knight uses the sharp sword to slash the ropes around your arms. You're free! Oh. Before the knight can question you further, you jump up and karate kick the sword from his hand. The sword falls to the ground. You can't believe your karate lessons you took last summer worked. You karate kick the knight again. And you lose your balance. You reach out and you grab Denny and tumble to the ground, hitting a button on the chronometer. You sprawl on the ground dizzy, and then you hear it. All oh, hail the king! We can all, do it together. Yeah. All, all hail, hail the, the king! king. All, all hail, hail the, the king. king! You gaze up and gasp. You're in a strange land and hundreds of people are chanting and bowing. Bowing to you. You are the king. Finally a good ending. You stand up and give your first order. Take this slave boy away. You say, pointing at Denny. <laughs> I am the boss now. 
slavery is how it's going to end. Slave. This is. It started with slavery and it ended with slavery. But, so if, if you're still in, you're still lost in time at this point. But like, I have a better life now. I mean, my mom was, you know, a, a was um Jennifer Coolidge, and my dad was like a cardboard cutout man. But you're still you're still lost in time at at. And after two hours, you're just going to poof and vanish. I think we're just going to ignore that and just say so, that, like, I'm the king and I find a way to, like... I I think I think this is a a strike. Because you're still, you're still lost in time. <sighs> okay. All right. So let's, let's, let's uh, roll into the uh, night like a bowling pin and a candle pen so that is page 91 page 91 yep we're gonna roll into them you roll into the knight's path yeah <laughs> the knight cries as you hit him hard was that convincing no he falls cool. over backward and denny sails out of the way out of his arms denny cries ah! and he hits the roof how but he immediately scrambles to his feet quick you tell denny untie my hands we have to get you out of here you're not the boss of me. I, this kid has that tramp stamped just like right there. That's true. You, Although to be fair, we'd have to listen to him say it less if you would stop picking the incorrect paths. I'm I'm going to forget you said that and we're just going to keep but, going. But once he actually does, but for once he actually does what you say. Oh, thank God. Now the knight is on his feet again, his eyes burning with rage. I'll destroy you both! He bellows. He lunges for you and your brother. Quick, grab the chronometer and press a button, any button, and turn to page 96. You press the button under your middle finger and immediately feel a tingling sensation. When it stops, you're standing near small trees. In the distance, long-necked dinosaurs are grazing on some plants. So what you're telling me is that medieval times was a complete waste of time. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a, a waste of time. It's the, it's part of the story that you chose to tell. I could have just... I could have just gone to the dinosaurs. You could have gone to the dinosaurs. That's what you would have chosen, wasn't it? Um, I probably would have gone to the dinosaurs. Or the future, right? Or the future. Yeah. <sighs> All right, well... Let's, let's continue on with the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs? How far back in time have you gone? You don't have to think about it when Denny says, Look, Look at these weird rocks. Oh, he's right the fuck there. Denny's standing next to six round speckled boulders. They're not rocks, you realize. They're eggs. Dinosaur eggs. As you stare at the rocks, you hear a... They're not rocks. You just determined that one. <laughs> Short-term you... <laughs> span of attention. As you stare at the rocks, you hear a steady tapping sound. Then one of them begins to crack. Wow. wow. You cry. I think the egg's about to hatch. I want to do something else. Denny whines. I'm bored. He grabs the chronometer and runs off. Denny, come back! You scream, but he keeps running. I'm still thinking that being the king and enslaving my brother <laughs> for 15 minutes is worth it at this point. You're going to have to go after him, but if you do... You'll miss the coolest thing that ever happened since you got here. What should you do? I'm not watching an egg hatch. You can either can watch the home. egg hatch or chase Denny. I can do that at home. I'm going to chase Denny. He has the chronometer. I have a sinking feeling this is the wrong choice. So I'm going to keep that, that flagged. Okay. You take off after your brother, but by the time you reach 
the tree where you last saw him, he's gone. Then something on the ground near the tree catches your eye. It's the chronometer. But where's Denny? And why did he leave the chronometer behind? You scoop up the dice and run your finger over, fingers over the button. I scoop up the dice. What did they say? The dice. <laughs> We're gambling. Scoop, you scoop up the device. This whole episode has been a fucking gamble from the start. <laughs> so why not? Scoop up the device. You scoop up the device and run your finger over the buttons. Denny said he wanted to do something else. He was probably bored with the past and decided to go to the future. You quickly press the button on the right and feel a tingling sensation. A purple mist surrounds you. Everything turns blurry. You close your eyes, hoping your dizziness will pass. You open your eyes again and blink twice. A futuristic-looking city looms in the distance. So the past was just the wrong decision altogether. I should have just gone to the future from the very beginning. <laughs> this book is telling you... <laughs> Don't dwell on the past. Always look to the future. So I guess we're in the future now. And 100% picking the picking to watch the egg hatch was the wrong choice as well. Was it a death? I think so. I saw the end. Okay. So yes, it was a death. You decide to go to, towards the futuristic city. All around you are the buildings made of shiny metal and glass. Cars with wings fly above <laughs> your head. The streets are empty and clean with no litter, not even a gum wrapper. Is this New York in the future? Yeah, this is like New York, what they thought like 2015 was going to be. <laughs> it certainly looks different from the one you're visiting in the present. You're about to start looking for Denny when a hand comes on your shoulder with an icy grip. Human. A hollow sounding voice says. You're under arrest. You whirl around. Gripping your shoulder is a shiny metal robot with a policeman's badge welded to its chest. The robot's face is expressionless and holding something that looks like a laser gun. No wonder everything is so clean and quiet, you think. The city is run by machines. Girl, the city's run by machines today. Like, <laughs> I can't think of an example right now, but yes, they are. Uh, oh, oh, those like cops that have like the like metal dogs from like um, Black Mirror. Those ones. Yeah, I really thought that it was, it would have been Italy in this book though that was being run by the machines. Florence machines. Florence and the machines. Don't you know that humans aren't allowed in the streets? The robot demands. I come from another place. You quickly reply. Because that works every time. <laughs> I don't know your rules. Please give me another chance. That's for the judge to decide. The robot says. Come with me. And we're going to page 89. You follow the robot into a big, glass-walled building. He leads you to a courtroom. A shiny robot dressed in black sits at a tall desk. The judge, you realize. I realize people vary uh, by, by their uniform a lot because I recognize the king. He's like, oh, he's fat. I, he's, he must be the king here because he eats a lot. He's fat. He was in a silk red robe. Oh. <laughs> and this one's in a black robe. You, yeah, but in the past, like, if you were fat, that meant you ate well. So, like, you were wealthy. I learned that in school. You are accused of appearing in the streets, human. The judge says. How do you plead? Guilty, your honor. You say. But I didn't sigh, Lance. Is the judge a robot? They're all robots. Okay. Uh, the judge cuts you off. Yeah, a shiny robot dressed in black. Yep. Yeah. There are no excuses for punishment. You may have your choice. You will be sentenced to school or to the zoo. School? The zoo? What kind of punishment is this? 
To find out, make your choice now. I'm gonna assume that if I go to the zoo, I'm gonna become a human petting zoo exhibit, so I'm gonna go to school against my better judgment. I choose school! You tell the judge? The, ro the robot policeman drags you off to another room in the same building. You are surprised to see that it's a regular classroom with wooden desks, a blackboard, and a computer center. There is also a metal box the size of a closet standing in the front of the room. The desks are all filled with human students about your age. We will continue the quiz now, the teacher says in a hollow voice. Anita, what is the capital of Ulaanbaatar? A girl stands nervously. I, I, I don't know. She stammers. Then you must enter the Framalizer, the teacher says. The girl bites her fingernails and goes to the front of the room. She climbs into the metal box. The teacher slams the door shut and presses the button. The box hums and glows bright green. When the door swings open, you gasp out loud. So we're just vaporizing children of color. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what that's what this book is telling me right now. Yes, this is the this is the they sequel made, to. They made a cognitive choice to name her Anita. Yeah, this is the sequel to West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Elizabeth, America. <laughs> <laughs> I walk into the familiarizer. <laughs> Turn into dust in America. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to page 36. The girl is gone. Jackson. The teacher goes on as if nothing happened. What is 43 million divided by 7.64532 Something like that. A tall pale boy stands up. He doesn't answer for a moment, then shakes his head. I don't know. He says, Go to into the framalizer. The robot commands. Slowly, Jackson walks to the front of the room. He steps into the box. A moment later, he too is gone. Framalized. You watch in horror as your classmates disappear one by one. In a moment, it will be your turn. You've got to do something and do it fast. You could use the chronometer to leave the future, but you haven't found Denny. On the other hand, you've always done well in school. Maybe you could answer the teacher's question. Well, if it's a math question, um, I'm fucked, but she just asked a math, math question to this guy and the first one was geography. So I'm hoping that this one's gonna be an English question since we're, you know, parading around different subjects. I'm gonna answer the teacher's question because at that point I have more of an option or a choice. I feel like if I use the chronometer, we're just gonna go back to like the past and we've already done all that shit. <laughs> the teacher turns to you. Stand up, the robot orders. Nervously you stand. You hold your breath as the teacher starts to speak. This is the moment. Can you answer the question or this will you be framalized? This is the moment. The ancient British wizard Morgrid used a magic spell to travel in time. The spell made use of three magical objects. What are they? Morgrid? He was the wizard in Goosebumps, in the Goosebumps book, A Night in Terror Tower. Ah, yes! You remember him. I do remember him. But can you remember the answer to the question? I can. If you can't, you'll have to guess. Think carefully, so Ryan, then answer. So Ryan, again, this is um, R.L. Stein literally advertising his other books like a great capitalist would. Um, I'm going to ask you this question, but then I'm going to pick my decision in the end. Are the three objects a pin, a pipe, and a potato, or are they three white stones? I'm going to say that they're three white stones. That is the clear, obvious answer. Yes, <laughs> Morgrid uses three white stones to transport to the past. So we're going to page 28. Yes. The magical objects are three white stones. 
you tell the robot. The robot's face is blank. Correct. It says. But we will see how you do on the next round. You know you're never going to make it through the next round. You quickly grasp the chronometer and press the button to go further into the future. Immediately you feel a tingling sensation. When it stops, you're still seated, but not on a hard wooden chair in the classroom. Instead, you're strapped into a comfortable soft seat. Whooshing sounds surround you. Is this an airplane? You glance out a window. Outside is black empty space dotted with brilliant white stars. Up ahead is a big donut-shaped structure with spaceships docked by its doors. You're not in an amp airplane, you're in a space shuttle. And it's traveling toward a space station. 30 seconds to docking. In intercom. <laughs> 30 seconds to foreplay. Is that, is that the name of this episode? 30, 30 seconds to, to docking? docking? I think so. <laughs> intercom squawks to find out what docking means dear child turn to page 98 the space shuttle finally docks at a huge orbiting station orbiting yes i got that oh okay or uh a huge orbiting space station the doors glide open you walk off the shuttle and into the corridor another fucking corridor mm-hmm Inside the space station, ro- ro- Roberts. Roberts! Bobbies! <laughs> Bobbies and humans! Robots and humans hurry along the walkway. Denny might be here somewhere, but where? I completely forgot we were looking for Denny. A pair of robot. swearing boots. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for too long! <laughs> A um... pair of robots wearing security badges stare right at you. All the other humans are wearing bright yellow uniforms, you notice. You'd better find the right one. You'd better find one right away before someone tries to stop you. Just ahead is a door marked supplies. Inside, a pile of freshly laundered uniforms on a shelf. I feel like the game is like, the book is literally like get, wrapping things up because I haven't been making many decisions on the last few pages. Um, you put on a uniform. Disguised in your uniform, you hurry out of the closet to explore the space station. This place is too cool. Through the windows, you can see thousands of stars. Sophisticated-looking computers with colorful lights are scattered all over this place. The chronometer's steady ticking reminds you that time is running out. You better find Denny quickly and get back to the present. You wander through a door and see a sign pointing to something called Teletime. Then two robots approach. One of them draws a laser. Just ahead is a branch of the corridor. A green sign points to hydroponics and a purple one points to engine room make a choice and start running we're gonna go to the engine room because hydroponics sounds like weed and i don't touch that sticky icky green okay, I, I do sometimes you follow the purple sign and run, rush into the engine room it's crammed with machinery and monitor screens at the center is the control panel with banks of blinking lights Next to the control panel is a clear plastic chamber about the size of a car labeled anti-grav. Inside the chamber is a small figure that's floating and turning in midair. There's that little dick. It's Denny! You yank open the door. Denny! Denny! I'm sorry, you call? We've got to get back to the present right now! I'm getting so tired of saying that. I don't want to. He whines. You step into the chamber, but your feet don't touch the floor. There's no gravity in here. You're weightless. You get a funny feeling in your stomach as you start to float around. You grab for your brother, but he easily twists away. 
You find yourself upside down. If you weren't so worried about returning to your own time, this would be fun. Come on, Denny. You beg. You're not the boss of me. He as he sneers as at he you. points to his tramp stamp. <laughs> he sneers at you. You grab for him again and miss, and then you glance outside the chamber. A robot guard has a laser gun pointed straight at you. Oh, cool. I'm dying. Human spies. The robot with the laser gun declares. You are under arrest. You twist yourself and float out of the chamber. We weren't spying. You protest. We were only... Silence. The robot snaps. In a panic, you pull out the chronometer and take a glance. You and Denny have to get home. Please. You beg the robot. I have to get my brother. Explain it to the captain. The robot says it snatches away the chronometer. No! You scream. Give that back! You grab the chronometer, but the robot holds it beyond your reach. Come along now. It snarls. It clamps its metal claws around your wrist. You too. It adds, reaching for Denny. You can't make me. Denny kicks the robot hard on the metal shins and takes off running. The robot stops for a moment. You can hear something whirring inside its head. The captain will explain what to do. It mutters. Now come with me. You follow the robot to meet the captain. The captain of the ship is a woman. Like, that's, like, groundbreaking. A woman? A woman? Clutches pearls? <laughs> a woman captain? Once again, goosebumps aging like milk. <laughs> Ooh, the captain, it, that's the whole sentence. The captain of a ship, of the ship is a woman, period. Next sentence. A human woman. But she looks really mean. <laughs> You were caught spying in our secret anti-gravity device. She says sternly. The penalty is immediate execution. Now what do you have to say for yourself? Immediate execution? Somehow you have to get her to understand that what you're doing there. But what if she doesn't believe your story? Maybe it would be better to pretend you're a new member of the space crew and you didn't know better. Decide well. Your life depends on it. Okay. Lie or tell the truth. I'm lying. Um, no, I'm gonna tell the truth. I feel like this is the... I feel like I feel like telling the truth is gonna be... Because I think the book is predicting that we're telling the truth. Just just for what what happens if I, if I lied. If you lie, you do get executed. You step out... You're forced to step out of an airlock. Your whole body explodes. I told you! Some of these deaths are insane. I literally explode. <laughs> very messy, very scary, very much... The end. Okay, well, we're telling the truth because the book has literally said that I am time traveling every single time I run into a new person. You decide to tell the truth. I'm not a spy. You repeat. But I'm not a crew member either. I'm actually a time traveler. Likely story. The captain snarls. If you're a time traveler, prove it. The device your guard took from me is a chronometer. You explain. That's how I move from one time to another. The guard hands the chronometer to the captain. She glances at it, then hands it back to you. You click, quickly slip it under your uniform in case she changes her mind. If you're really from the past, she says to you, What color were the eyes of an Allosaurus? I'm not from that far back! You protest. She sighs. Okay, well, I decide what to do with you. Wait outside. The guards each take one of your arms and roughly shove you into the corridor. So many fucking corridors. You lean against the wall of the corridor, trying to calm yourself. The only person who can help you find Denny is Dr. Peebles. You pull the chronometer from under your uniform and press the top and bottom buttons to return to the laboratory. 
You've got to escape before anyone or anything... Did I turn to the right page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to escape before anyone or anything comes after you, but nothing happens. You press the buttons again and nothing happens. Oh no. What will you do now? What, does the chronometer just not work anymore? You glance up and notice a sign pointing to teletime. Maybe it has something to do with time travel. Maybe there's another way to get back to the present. Maybe it's like television, like teletime. Enter teletime on page 81. You follow the sign to teletime. It's a spacious room full of electronic equipment. A large panel in the center of the room contains dozens of TV monitors. On the monitors, you can see several scenes from the past. Alexander the Great's army, the signing of the Declaration of Independence, the landing on the moon. A A robot in a white lab coat watches the monitors and doesn't notice you. Maybe the robot can help you return to your own time. You're about to ask for help when an alarm sounds. Attention all personnel! A loudspeaker squawks. Be on the lookout for an intruder! The robot scientist whirls around and spots you. He pulls out a laser gun. Explain yourself! What do you do now? Tell the truth and ask the robot for help, or try to trick it? Hmm. Let's ask for help. Because tricking people has not been, um doing me any good and telling the truth seems to be the way to go my immediate feeling is it's a robot it's just going to shoot so please help me you beg the robot i'm looking for my brother in silence intruder the robot commands keeping its laser trained on you it waves you over to a chair in front of the monitors you will be my helper in the teletime room, human. I need someone to help me study the past. The robot explains. It points to one of the monitors. You will watch this screen all night and all day and report to me what you see. That's not too bad, you think. At least you get to watch TV. Oh, no. You settle into one of the cushioned chairs opposite the monitor. On the screen, George Washington is crossing the Delaware River. You watch him do it again and again. It's interesting the first few times, but after that you get bored. Really bored. The days and months and finally years slowly pass. George is still crossing the river, and you're still watching. Compared to this non-stop history lesson, going to a museum with the parents with your parents was a total blast. Mm. The end. So mm. that was the wrong decision. Yep, so death number five. Six. What? I think that's six. I'm not counting... Um, be enslaving my brother as a death. What? Yes, it was. No, because I'm a king. The, no, that was the wrong... You went down the wrong path. No, I think that might have been the best case scenario for that world. It, not the best case scenario for this book. Okay. Sorry. I escaped the carnival. Okay. And that was my entire objective. Your objective is to get out with Denny. Okay, alright, fine. So this is death number six, which is um, TV boredom. Okay, so um, any more deaths and I um, incur a penalty. So I guess we are going to trick the robot. You're sure you can trick the robot. After all, you're human and he's just a machine. That's racist. Please don't shoot me! You cry. I'm a visitor from the past. I'm only here to find my brother. The robot hesitates. It seems to be computing what you're saying. Then it pulls the trigger on a, on its laser. I could prove it to you if you had better technology. You add. The robot's electronic eyes flashes angrily. Our technology has been perfected. It states. Too bad. You heave a big sigh. <sighs> I mean, you probably can't locate the time I left the present. 
The robot scuttles over. When did you leave? It demands. I can find that. You tell the robot the exact date and time that you left Dr. Peebles' laboratory. The robot adjusts some controls, and then Dr. Peebles' laboratory appears on the large central monitor. Ooh. Watch what happens on page 129. I think we may finally be getting to the end of this book. All right, the robot fell for it. You can see yourself stepping into the chronoport. Then you hear Dr. Peebles say, Oh God, what was this man's voice? It was like goofy. One more thing. Oh no, it was Roger Rabbit. It was one more. Yeah, it was yeah. Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. One more thing. Remember to hold the buttons down for at least five seconds. That's exactly what you need to hear. That has not been what we've done once this entire time. Every time it's just been press a button. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what you need to hear. Fucking now you know how to make the chronometer work. With a retcon. But you still can't find Denny. I don't believe your teletime machine really shows the past. You say. What? The robot roars. How dare you insult my machine? It fingers... It... It, <laughs> it fingers me. It fingers you. <laughs> Trick. Trick or treat. Its finger moves closer to the trigger. It really works. If it really works... You say quickly. Then show me the present. The present? The robot cries. Yes! You nod. The scenes from the past could have been films or videotapes. If I see scenes from the present, I'll believe the machine really works. Very wow. The robot grumbles. But right afterward, I will take pleasure in vaporizing you. Any particular scene in the present? It adds sarcastically. You smile. Your plan is working. Turn to page 90. A red-haired boy is visiting the space station. You tell the robot. Can your machine find him? Of course. The robot says, twisting some dials. Denny's face ripples across the screen. He's crouched underneath a table that holds a large computer. As you stare at the brother, you realize the table is in this very room. Are you kidding me? Denny! You cry. I have found this fucker 19 times <laughs> in this one episode alone. That should be That should merit something. You cry. You run towards the table. Denny is still huddled there, too scared to move or speak. Swiftly, you Taylor duck past swiftly. the robot and under the desk. No! The robot cries, coming after you. But you grab your brother's hand, then press the top and button button, bo top and bottom buttons on the chronometer. As Dr. Peebles instructed, you hold them down for five seconds. Oh my god. Are, Turn to page 75. Are we, are we actually gonna do it? An instant later, you find your way back at the laboratory at the Museum of Natural History. Welcome back! Dr. Peebles re looks relieved to see you both see both you and Denny. How was your trip? Exciting. You say. Boring. Denny whines. He punches you. I'm hungry. You gaze at your brother with exasperation. You know that if it weren't for you, he would have disappeared forever. You think of everything you had to go through to save him. And for just a moment, you wonder if it was such a good idea. <laughs> So I was right. The, the, end. the right ending was letting him become a slave. No, that is not the right ending. That absolutely is the right ending. This is not the right ending. Like, he clearly is not happy with having his brother alive. You were you're a, you were the villain in your own story at the beginning of the podcast, and you are still the villain now. Why am I the villain now? You want that little boy to become a slave. He is a terror to society. He doesn't do shit to society. He's he a child. He kicked robot shins. You, you were not a you. You're not a kid person. Okay. Well, that being said, I 
only died six times, so no penalty incurred for Adam. And at this point, I think we should lower it to five because six seems excessive. That was excessive. You failed pretty much every time you could, and <laughs> you still don't get a penalty. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna, dear dear listeners, we're going to drop it down to five next time. I also said five, and you told me it was too little. I too you said late. seven. I know, I know. Uh, that is that is my fault, but. I think we've literally read this entire book at this point. Yeah, this this was the this was the um the practice round for um both of us. So you got to practice this time um where you realize the places that you can go better and I was perfect when I practiced. So So can only go down from here. This was literally twice as long as your episode. <laughs> as anticipated. As anticipated. Yeah, I, I knew I wasn't going to be great at making decisions, but in my defense, some of these decisions are not as well telegraphed as the ones in uh, Carnival of Horrors. What do you mean? It literally said, do you want to jump into the moat? Even though you're not a good swimmer? Like, couldn't be fucking more te- telegraphed. Not to mention, I had some luck-based ones that literally like I had no weight. choice over. No, but you said you used logic for guessing the weight. I had to put circle my finger over the page with my eyes closed. One of them literally said spin again. And then other ones said failed. Like, there, there were... Okay. Alright, I will say that there is some chance involved with this. You just got lucky and naturally, you are a very lucky man usually. And you are always going to be the victor when it comes to luck-based anything. So with that, guys, I died five, six times in this. I died from jumping in the moat. I died by meeting Wizard the Lizard. I died from spiders. I died from meeting Wizard the Lizard again. (laughs) I died, I guess, I didn't die, but I got a bad ending by trying to be the king of my own kingdom. And then I watched a George Washington um, clip for a very long time. So actually, I only really incurred one death in the future. So I guess future should have been the one I picked from the start. Yeah, but you don't know what the, the rest of the future looked like. And also, they're not they're not deaths. You Like, they're not always going to be deaths a lot of them were deaths. you you can fail without dying yeah that's that that's fair but some we do it every day but what (laughs) what i will say in these books there is more than one good ending there is not just one good ending in these right the one that encourages slavery and where you will vaporize five minutes after is not the good ending I'm just telling you, in your book, there's going to be multiple... In your next book, there will be multiple good endings. That's fine. As long as they are actually good endings. The the slavery ending? If we're... Since we're calling it the slavery ending, is not the good ending. What I will also say is that there were five minutes until I was going to be vaporized when we were in the Knight's Kingdom. And then I spent the next hour and a half going to dinosaurs and then going to the future. So I don't think I was going to be vaporized. It doesn't matter. You you would have been lost in time unless you were able to return to the present moment with Dr. Peebles. I think lost in time meant that the chronometer stopped working. L- let me That is failing. That is failing. But I'm a king. If, 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 by that logic, you could have stepped through the chronometer, stepped through the the chronoport 
into time and then lit this goddamn book on fire. <laughs> it would have been the same thing. You would have just been lost in time. You would, didn't have to make any decisions. You just had to throw the book away. Sit down and drink a beer. Connect the dots? Ha! More like set the book down and have a beer. Okay, um... The goal was to get back to the present with your brother. Yeah, I'm reading this. Wait, mm. Disappear into timelessness, too. We, we don't need a fourth instance on this one podcast of you looking for this exact same thing in the book and then realizing that I'm right. It's it's okay well, to, to just concede to that notion. TikTok, I died a lot in this book and um, did some very unsatisfactory things. I don't think we ever said the name of the book. I did. I said TikTok, you're dead at the very oh, beginning. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So yeah, TikTok, you're dead. Um, but uh, listeners, um, we don't have a TikTok, so I can't segue. Like, you can go on our TikTok. I'm not going to be making a TikTok. Let's 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 be real. If we're Me doing either. social media, we're doing Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, the millennial, maybe a Patreon at some point if people want to feel like supporting us on there. But what I will say is thank you everyone very much for joining us on our second excursion with the podcast. I hope you had a wonderful time listening to me meander through the past, present, and fucking future. Um, our next book is going to be Trapped in Batwing Hall, where Ryan is going to have to try and escape an evil headmaster in a haunted um, uh, like boarding school. So we'll see how he does uh, with that. Chances are, I'm guessing he's going to do absolutely flawlessly again, so... Um, Ryan, do you have any last uh, words that you want to say? No, there's, it's, we're wrapping up this podcast. There's 30 seconds till docking. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, don't uh, give me that look when you say docking. <laughs> what, what look? Describe it. Um, eyes wide open, uh, mouth in a quiver and a smile, hand on stomach. <laughs> all the signs are there and body still soft and shitty and, <laughs> uh, and with that guys we're going to bid you adieu thanks again for listening tune in next time and as we apparently are always going to end this podcast now make good decisions make good decisions oh i can't oh my God, Ryan. i can't remember i can't remember make, make good, good decisions, decisions. <laughs> good night, goodbye goodbye